Today's episode is brought to you by Slate House Publishing, recorded at Wayne Howard Studios. It's broken. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty great. <laughs> well, well yeah. it's the end of the year. It's the end of the year. We've had a pretty good run. Yeah. It's all over. It's all over, guys. It's not quite, over. not quite, because actually the season's going to spill into January of 2022. That's right. We we do have some content planned for Kind of like if you miss the lid. Yeah. And we, we're kind of planning. <laughs> oh, no. Are we they, going there? We. I mean, it's the year in review. We have to <laughs> reel it in. <laughs> What is a year in review without talking about asparagus? Oh, and no. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I'm so but upset. I'm the one that started the Punday Monday and have like puns every Monday on Twitter. And he's surprised by me and wanting to go to the pun. I'm telling you, puns are some of the best wordplay. So, you can't spell punchline without pun. You know, I, <laughs> I originally crafted this theory of clowns. Like I, I'm. Uh, this is it. I, I promise, what? it's not as much of a tangent as you think. Uh, we'll see I, about that. Yeah, no clowns. In clowns honor of our year in review, I, for, this for is, we go time, on many tangents this no, episode. For, for a long time, I, I really like. I was trying to wrap my head around like, why am I so fearful of clowns? Because a clown shows up and I lose my shit every time. Wow. Um, yeah, really. It's he it's does. A, it really it's stinks. A really can't be dead, around them. Huh? It's a big deal. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, no, I, I created this theory of, or this theory of like, why are clowns so terrifying? And, uh, and I, you know, like the makeup, I think, I think what, what happens is like these people get abducted by aliens and then they're replaced by imperfect clones. And, and how do you hide that the clone oh. is, is kind of like messed up a little bit, but you put on like thick garish, garish makeup. These aliens also don't have a great command over the English language, so which watched. is why they emphasize pun humor so much, because they believe that the pinnacle of of English <laughs> language mastery is a pun. So how do you prove to people that you know That's debatable. their language they so well? Right, you just make <laughs> dozens of puns. I think understanding the English language enough to where you can make those puns and those play on words, especially if you can do it like in the instant or in the moment, I think that actually is a good understanding of the English language. Uh, Even if you can't say tangential. Only the most lingui <laughs> linguistically skilled among us can, can do puns. Exactly. That's ex exactly right. Like I told you this guys, is such a great save for you. It is. It is. I told you guys <laughs> the, uh, a really good case the, for the my best two puns came came when I was teaching. Like I caught a coworker in a pun one time. She asked me if I had a drill. Like a, did I tell you guys this story? No. So she know. asked me if I had a drill, and she was trying to to get a two by four to break because you know the, the the most of the desks you get in like those old teachers' offices are like these old particle board kind of cheap desks, mm -hmm. right? So she needed to put a um, one of those devices where you could put your your computer and stuff on it and raise it up so you could stand instead yeah. of sit while you're while you're working and typing at your desk. Yeah. But the desk isn't strong enough to support that. So she bought a couple of two by fours and had them cut to size, and she was trying to brace up the desk so that it could support the weight of this this device. So she asked me if I had a drill, and in that moment, the pun came to me. <laughs> and I said, I don't have a drill. I said, but I'm going home this weekend to visit my grandfather, and he's got an awl. 
And I said, what do you need this drill for anyway? And she's like, well, I put in this work order for the fiscal plan to come and, and help me brace these this boards up, but they haven't responded and I'm tired of waiting on them. And I said, all right, well, let me go see if I can get this all. And she goes, what's an all? And I said, an all is like a drill. It's an old time before they had power drills, like a little corkscrew thing with a drill bit on the end and you just take it and you, yep. and you drill it in. She's Crank like, yeah. she's like, I don't know. That sounds like a lot of work. I'll just wait for the fiscal pan- plant. And I said, well, if you're waiting for the fiscal plant, it could be all or nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Holy cow. She pointed to her uh, door. Just get the fuck out of here. Right out of here. Just it was just an elaborate setup for that joke. <laughs> it was. An elaborate I setup. loved it. I loved it. I was like, I came up with that on the on the on the spur of the moment, you know. And then the <laughs> next realized, time he's not trying to help me at all here. <laughs> uh, this is all about him. <laughs> the next time I was team teaching a creative writing class with another professor and the professor we were going through the syllabus on the first day. We had like twenty kids kids in there. And he goes through all of the different policies and things, and he gets to the makeup policy, and he goes into, you know, well, this is my late policy, this is what it is. And after he's done, he like always, whenever he goes over a section, he waited for me to kind of put my two cents in. So after he went in it, I said, my makeup policy is I don't wear any. <laughs> <laughs> and the kids just busted up laughing. The, the, the so, best joke I think how I've, you steal thunder. The best joke I think I've ever delivered in a classroom. <laughs> Um, I walked in. It, I, I it was at my so Jeremy yeah. had just quit, and uh, I took over one of his classes. So I come in, and a bunch of kids <laughs> were expecting Jeremy because they actually signed up for the class, knowing that he was going to be teaching it. So I come in, <laughs> I, and I I stand in front of the 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 podium or whatever, and I said, as many of you know, I am not Mr. Billingsley. Uh, he's no longer with us. He's oh, not no. dead. No, but that, so there was like this a dead beat. silence. Everybody, I, I like left a beat, and everybody was so silent. And I was like, "He's not dead. He just quit." And uh, and like the one kid in the corner that fucking bust up over as long it. as you get that he, one. Yeah, he and I. I was like, I knew it was a joke. I was walking into it, but everyone like it did not play to that he's crowd. He's no longer with us. Yeah, he's no longer. With <laughs> How us. many students? It was like twenty kids. Okay, and, and they were all just mortified. I was like, he's no longer with us. One in twenty. He's not okay. dead. <laughs> if it was one of those auditoriums, just I'm I'm yeah. claiming one. That's a little rough. That's pretty yeah. rough. That was Trevor's joke, but I'm claiming that is my dead poet society moment. <laughs> that's my oh, captain, my captain moment. I mean, it's <laughs> only one kid was. Thought it was funny. No, you mortified the entire class because yeah. they were expecting me, and you told them I was dead. You could hear everybody. That's went, right. Oh. <laughs> if you're listening now, students, I'm not dead. I'm just yeah, telling bad puns on my own podcast. <laughs> <laughs> he, he may as well be dead. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So good. seriously, this is the year in review. No, not seriously. We've never been really serious. It's like hard even to when be we serious. get serious, we always come back to the the it, comedy I, or what like, we call. People can't see at home, but I'm air quoting comedy. Um, <laughs> So, so Slayhouse Publishing presents Lip Bits. This is you uh, have gotten better and better at that. It's because I just don't think about it now. There you go. It's, it's like if it's I try to beautiful. think about it, then I memory. screw it up. Yeah. But yeah. if I, it's like guitar playing or writing or driving a car. I just don't think. Just I, do. I like just that do. you don't think when you drive a car. <laughs> yeah, That's the worst thing you great. can do. Um, <laughs> I don't think about red lights. I don't, I don't think, think about, about, I don't think about you. Maybe I'm bored. Who cares? <laughs> Left side, right side. I don't think about any of it. 
You want to you want to swerve from lane to lane and you know and beat with the music you're listening to. Just do it. Just do it. It's the great. road is your canvas. <laughs> and I'm a splatter all over. <laughs> I call this impressionism. <laughs> you should have seen my Picasso. Impression. <laughs> oh man. All right. Yeah. Well, anyway, year end review. Eventually, we'll actually talk about the year. <laughs> <We've>, <laughs> yeah, we got to talk about the year, I guess. So this yeah. year started with us forming the publishing house in spring and getting our first title out. I like that the year started in spring. It and did, not, and not earlier. This is the um, this is the Celtic calendar that we're going by. <laughs> I think. Isn't doesn't the Celtic calendar no start in the I, spring? This is news to me. I don't know. You got nothing to add there. I've I'm I'm not a <laughs> well, what great good are you guys then if you can't back calendars. me up on my bullshit? Oh, what's the, the start date? What's the when? What's the start date of this year? The st- we haven't even talked about Star Trek. Why are you bringing up Star Date? I don't know. Like They're just calendars. It's calendar. It's related to calendars. any reason to bring up Star Trek though. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, we spent yeah. that whole time talking about Star Wars. Like, yeah. does Star Wars have a start date? No. Started. How do we know? It's just a long time ago. That's pretty vague. <laughs> I mean, Darth Vader's on, long time ago could on, be like two weeks to me. They're not big on like, timeliness. In, obviously not. In Star Wars. Look what they did with the Emperor. Yeah. Like, keep bringing his ass back and with a massive weapon. We, this, that could keep going and going and going. I know. The, the questionable choices made. It probably him. will. In the podcast no. or in Star Wars? In Star Wars. Okay. Yeah. 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 In the podcast, too. We've... I've said it once. If, if 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 I've said it once, I've said it before that if it wasn't for our producers at Wayne Howard Studios, we would have the production value of an Ed Wood movie. I think we like, should live stream watching that movie. <laughs> I think that would be a fun episode. Playing nine from outer space. Playing nine from outer space. Now that yeah. really that just really mic us on, up. Uh, let's let's put it on Twitch together. We'll have this communal. Experience can I be Tom Servo? Time. Yeah, sure. Why not? <laughs> Can we show just the back of our head? Like, yeah, silhouette, and yeah, like, yeah. Mystery science. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Watching it. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, be a good time. I feel like anytime we try to do anything like that, that's all we're just ripping off Mystery Science Theater 3000. Of course, yeah. But there, mystery, it, there mean, are so many bad movies that are still coming out, we still need to have Mystery Science Theater 3000. Oh, agreed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They're, they're so much like the rest of our year in review, instead of talking about the subjects that we need to talk about, we just go off on a wild tangent. <laughs> yeah. This, um, the, the, the show in a nutshell. That's what Three this guys was go about. on tangents for an hour. <laughs> it's very... What, so what? I mean, what what happened? Like, what were the hallmarks of of twenty twenty one for us? Like, what were the things that we can kind of celebrate? Well, I got a card for my birthday. Oh, not that kind of hallmark. You mean re- related <laughs> to the podcast? <laughs> oh no! Oh, we, they, we've they tried. They tried to stop this me, but the they can't. <laughs> Unleash the kraken of these jokes. Sorry, everyone. <laughs> Oh, the crapping. <laughs> Jeremy's just gonna do that. So. Just, see, this is what happens when I get coffee in me. Like, this is why we should put him in the the isolation box. <laughs> they just cut the mic we'll and the oxygen. <laughs> he just he just thinks he's sucking. <laughs> all right, all right. No, but um, what can we celebrate from this year? I mean, I, you so know, the we publishing got, house started in 2021. That of we got a, a really novel big, out. We got you know. a anthology that's coming out in the next couple of days. By, by, the, time by the time this time is being recorded, this, it's, it's done. It's, yeah, it's by out. the time this is this airs, the anthology is going to be out. So we have published two works of fiction. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got this podcast that has been growing exponentially since we started. 
It's been a very what? slight no, curve. <laughs> that exponential line has not been as sharp as you might envision, <laughs> but it has been, you know. It has grown. It has we do have listeners. Kind of <laughs> redefining what that and means, I'm, I think. I'm 90%, I'm 90% certain only three of those listeners are bots. <laughs> Two of them are from Russia. <laughs> Two of them are from <laughs> Russia, yeah. To our Russian listeners, thank you. <laughs> Hope you're real. <laughs> we love our bots, don't we? We love our bots. We love our bots. You know what? Trevor just thank told us bots. how bots have figured out how to do CAPTCHA, so who knows? Yeah. Maybe. CAPTCHA bots. It's the, it's the Welcome future. to the 21st century. Let's celebrate robotics. <laughs> yeah. Algorithms. Um, and we've got, I mean, seriously, I mean, our podcast, okay, maybe exponentially is, you know, a bit of a hyperbole. <laughs> but we have trended upward. No, I mean, you're right. We, I mean, we have seen um, some growth. Uh, we've had, you know, some some growth in social media following. We're, we're being followed by and that more has, people I would, than ever I would before. call that, if I would call anything exponential, I would call the growth in our social media following exponential. Yeah, it's, it's wild. And then we did the cover good. reveal, and we had even more followers after that. So, the cover was gorgeous. Um, and so people saw the cover, splash. and yeah. So I, I think we've done some really great work, and we've established what we want to do and what we want to be as a publishing house, which is... We want to serve our authors. We want to produce quality work from cover to page. We um, are trying to blend this 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 idea of literary and genre, not just horror, but any kind of literary, um, any any of the other genre kind of fiction, like mystery, science fiction, mm-hmm. fantasy. And I think the anthology and even the title that we produced, I think they do a good job of genre blending yeah. and elevating the, the discussion and elevating the story to a literary status. Yeah. I think they're really well written. I think people really responded well to the fact that we are paying attention to students of creative writing before we just mm-hmm. open our doors to everybody. That was a really interesting choice that we made this year, you know. And I think again, just speaking to some of the the celebration of the year, you know, some stuff to celebrate. Uh, I mean, the the turnout for our first anthology was really impressive. We mm-hmm. had quite a few submissions. Um, we accepted. 15 submissions for mm-hmm. the anthology. And uh, I mean, the, the caliber of those submissions were, were really amazing. They were um, really good. Really, really, especially yeah. if you consider the short amount of time we had to advertise that we well, had submissions and that, and open. And that was another thing. You know, we opened submissions and it was just, you know, uh, we, we, we opened them almost without knowing entirely what we were doing we, we just kind of put it out on social media i think we i finished it, the website in like september and we had yeah or no 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 in august and then we had submissions open in september yeah and and we i mean we we told a couple of places about it and then we got quite uh an impress almost with with no real advance notice you know yeah. we, we got quite a few submissions and there were a lot of really high quality submissions in there um, and when we we talked about it, you know, we talked about opening it to creative writing students in mm-hmm. order to, you know, to to try to kind of show this growing community. Um, and it was really great the the stuff that we got from a lot of those creative writing students. It was and now really with our cool. submissions being open um, in July of 2022, that's just more time mm-hmm. to to get that draw and, and get we're those already people. seeing a lot of interest from a lot of writers. I've already out had there. three or four people ignore, I guess the submissions page and just email me and say, Hey, I've got a submission. And I've been like, Hey, this is, <laughs> and I've actually read through them. And I've been like uh-huh. a couple of people. I've been like, look, this is really, really great. I really like it, but I'm just not open to submissions right now. We've got yeah. to have a break. This is when I we mean, open. My, my hope when stuff like that happens is that 
um, they resubmit first. To us. They they understand that like we're we would love to take your your submission, but now is not the time. We're not ready right for that. You know because we're we're we plan our projects. We kind of have to plan our projects. Um, I told my wife yesterday we were talking about this, and I was like, you know, I would love. Love, love, love to be like a big publisher and be on a rolling open submission period, but yeah. we just can't. We can't afford it. We can't. Yeah. We can't. We don't have the manpower to man it because I, frankly, right. doing the anthology, working on my own writing, um, running the day to day for the publishing house, doing the scripts for the podcast, which believe it or not, folks, I actually do write the scripts for this. It just, we don't always stick to them. Right. Um, and I'm so sorry. And doing like the research for like this deep dive we're going to get into with like the this four episode mm-hmm. deep dive into like Dracula and stuff. I'm doing a ton of research and quite honestly, I'm exhausted. I need yeah. the break. And yeah. so we need to design yeah. some bots that can do these. We do. For Hello, I am Jeremy. Yeah. I am your host today for Slay House Publishing. <laughs> Lit bit shit, I fucked it up. <laughs> no, but I, you know, my hope is that they they submit to us. You know, they mm-hmm. say, if you're if you're submitting out of the submission period, you know, I hope you find a home for that work. I do too. I genuinely do. You know, as someone who is who is invested in in seeing you succeed, I hope you succeed. But I also hope that you come back during our open submissions period and uh and submit stuff to us. You know, I'm I'm always really excited to read stuff and and one of the things that I thought was really cool about this anthology was, you know, being exposed to some writers that uh, I'd never heard of before. You know, some who are just starting, and, and as of this this moment in time, it's like I've read everything they've ever published. Yeah, and that's fascinating to me, but also really exciting because I believe that the the fifteen voices we have in our anthology, especially, I believe there is a a really great, you know, kind of burgeoning career for them as as fiction writers. If they they continue to do that, you know, if they continue to kind of put in the work for their craft and continue to grow, mm-hmm. um, and it's exciting to be a part of that, you know, kind of pivotal moment for someone. Um, yeah, the, it, the it's one thing really I want to I want to address, and I don't want to get too deep into, um, is this idea of being able to to pay authors. Like it's a conversation Trevor and I had about paying authors what they're worth, and. Um, you know, right now we're offering $25, and that doesn't seem like a lot. Um, I'm not going to mention specifically, but I will say we've seen sources out there that call such publishers that offer $25 predatory. Yeah, so um, I mean, to kind of back it up a little bit, because this is part of a much larger I didn't know how much we wanted to get into this on the I, podcast. I do want to get into it in the podcast, yeah. but I do want to frame this conversation very carefully. Yeah, let's frame it carefully. So so one of the, the things that, that I wanted to talk about is just areas of growth. Right, like, what is it that we're doing now, and how can we continue to improve into the future? And one of the conversations we've been having, as a lot of the writing sphere, um, and and a lot of, uh, I think, just the political moment of right now is mm-hmm. talking about what is the value of labor, yeah. right? And and what is the value of of a product that you produce, you know, based on that labor, um, and, and specifically in. In the social media realm, right, there are a lot of of artists and laborers who are talking about the value of their labor, and uh, and being taken advantage of by, you know, the the people who would seek to profit from their art. Yeah, and I think that um, it's really difficult to 
to to kind of have a conversation about some of this stuff because there are so many different like components that are kind of obscure to you on the other side of of the fence. Most publishers, especially most small publishers, are not going to talk um, numbers with you. Yeah, they they will not share any of the level of of their success. And part of that, you know, might be marketing strategy. Um, you know, for example, uh, there's a a company that produces role-playing games. I reached out to them years ago to try to get numbers on like, how are you selling? Um, just to talk about like the market for mm. role-playing games. And, and you know, we were in this moment, this like golden age moment of people who are doing tabletop gaming. Yeah. Um, and, and they refused, you know, because they, and they said, you know, we're, we're just a really small publisher. And I believe that they're a small publisher, but I also believe that they have a lot more money than they're talking about. Right? Right. So, yeah. so, the the idea of them being a small publisher is part of their brand. It's part of what makes them marketable. Right. And I think yeah. if anyone actually uncovered how much money they do make on products, they would probably like would, lose some of that mystique yeah, of being the small up. guy. Right. Mm-hmm. No, we're not just branding ourselves as a small publisher. We really right. are small. Like no, yeah. To pay our publishers, I had to walk down Dixon Street and gather up loose change on a Sunday morning. Right. Yeah. After like the bars had emptied out I've from been Saturday there with night. The metal detector and everything. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um no, look, it, I totally believe I totally believe authors should be paid pro rates. Yeah, and, and this is kind of the where we're we're getting to. Yeah. Right. Like the, So let, let's discuss there real are quick. A lot pro, of, there, there's two there are a lot of publishers out there that, that will eat your lunch. Yeah. Right. And and I yeah. think that that it's important to note, like most publishers do not go out and just publish something with the expectation of losing money. Yeah. And we had a long conversation, even as we were starting this this publishing company, as mm-hmm. as Jeremy uh, was was you know getting his bankroll from the Slay Brothers. We mm-hmm. were you know like talking about how were we going to basically make this company work, and uh, w- it was very important that we not you know, go into debt over this, that, that everything, you know, had to be kind of paid for up front, that we weren't going to go to a bank. It's going to be self-sufficient at some point. It's going to be... Exactly. It's, it's going to be able to fund itself and pay off itself and then still yeah. see a profit. And we're just, because we're brand new, we're not there yet. Right. Um, yeah. Pro rates right now for a published author uh, for a short story are, HWA recognizes five cents a word, and uh, I think pro other... markets pay up to like eight cents a word. Yeah. Which is you know, kind of the minimum, right? It's like kind of the minimum because if you think about suggest. that, if you spend a month or say a week crafting a short story or a few days even, but then you spend a month working on revisions and editings, you've potentially put in at least dozens, if not hundreds of hours into yeah, this particular short story. Yeah. And you break that down to $25 from a, a publisher that's like, yeah. that's. That's not even it doesn't a cent seem like it's a lot of an hour or something. It's like yeah. really like it's terrible. Yeah. And even if you do pro rates, like if you break down pro rates to that many hours, like you're still it's not still, getting. <laughs> it's still not a whole lot. Yeah. yeah. But but you know there's there's this this question again on the other side of the, the spectrum. It's it's like I would we would love to be able to pay professional rates to people, um, but that would mean that. You know, in some cases, you know, when someone sends us a twenty-page story or something like that, the cost for that individual story is more than our budget for the entire anthology itself. And if we can't guarantee that we're going to be able to recoup the money 
that that we put forward in trying to publish that. I mean, a five thousand word short story at five cents a word is what two hundred and fifty dollars. I'm not right. going to do the mental math right now. I, I, I tried the mental math. We all can like yeah. laugh and snicker I, I, no, and see I, how I fail. I think that's that. We all have know, also right. cell phones in front of us, and not, you know, <laughs> which makes mental math like obsolete nowadays. <laughs> but you know, but that would require <laughs> me to move my thumbs. Yeah, that requires energy, and yeah. I just don't have the kinetic energy to pick up my phone and do the, the <laughs> real math. That's two hundred. Is it two hundred fifty dollars? Yeah, okay, so my rant is is, is moot because yeah, validated. Right. I val- yeah. Boom. So no, $250, I mean, <laughs> that could be what we pay editors. We pay like double that and you're paying the cover designer. So let's get transparent for a minute on if I turn around and sell and I'm selling this anthology for $14.99, a lot of people out there, and I probably at one point, you know, not being necessarily business-minded would have had a similar kind of idea or just not a clear picture yeah. of of how this, how this would break down, is that the publisher is pocketing most of that fourteen ninety nine, and that's not, not true. the true okay first <laughs> not off, for a small publisher not now, for a I small publisher if you owned your own your own print, you have to have a, an press. offset digital press to be able to print these yeah. books and those presses are thousands upon thousands of dollars and you Ten, have to tens have of thousands of dollars at least yeah. i mean i've seen them upwards of five hundred thousand yeah. dollars so yeah. for all the printing equipment plus you have to have the space to store all that equipment so as a small press i don't have access to to that kind of equipment right. i hope to someday because that could really cut into the bottom line yeah but mm-hmm. as of right now it's a pipe dream i don't have it so i have to rely on amazon and ingram spark to print our work now first off ingram spark uh distributes to most of the bookstores including barnes and noble but in order to get into most of the bookstores including barnes and noble you have to offer anywhere from a 45 percent to a 55 percent wholesale discount to the bookseller which means mm-hmm. if I'm selling that book at fourteen ninety nine and Barnes and Noble wants to pick it up to put it in their store, I they're paying me seven bucks or they're paying the the Ingram Spark seven bucks for it right, right. off the bat. Yeah. yeah. Which means my royalty, what I get as a as a compensation, is automatically cut in half. Right. Then I've got to pay them to print the book because I don't have my own printer. I have to pay right. them to distribute the book. And you would think, wow, you got to pay for distribution too. Yeah, you got to pay for distribution too, which can be upwards of forty cents. I can get a, a publisher's compensation off a trade paperback. Fourteen ninety nine retail price, my publisher's compensation could be as low as a dollar eighty. Yeah. That's what I see off of each copy sold. So what we have to talk about, what we have to understand when we're talking about paying author pro rates, is we have to talk about this idea of marketability. Are you going to, as an author, sell with your names, help me sell enough copies that we could recoup the cost of paying author pro rates, help uh, recoup the cost of the cover design, of the printing, of the distribution, of all of that. editing time. Editing time into it. Are you going to, is your name going to be enough to help me recoup that cost so that I can justify the pro rates? And while I would love that to be the case, the Mm -hmm. truth is for most authors, it's not going to happen. Yeah, it isn't going to happen, and and that's not to say that we don't have faith in that product. But we, we absolutely we really, do. I mean, we really have struggled as we think about you know what are the ethics of of opening a you know a small press. What are the ethics of of working with authors and knowing that we can't compensate them you know professional rates, but we're still hoping to turn you know you know some kind of profit on All their work. Was- and and what is the what is the fairness in how we share that profit with an author? Um, we've we've 
gone back and forth, you know, thinking about different options. And while I think we might have one, and, I think yeah, we might have we, a solution I don't, where we we don't want to commit to to right. saying anything on the air that that may not end up working out in the way that we want. Um, but potentially, we have a solution time, that addresses both of these and, ideas. And, yeah, and and I think the the message that we really want to send and, and be very clear about is that we hear those voices who are very yeah. critical and cynical about this this um, whole industry, right. right? And and we want to make it clear, like we are not here to to eat your lunch. You know, we are here to share our lunch with you. Right. <laughs> you <Yeah>. know, <laughs> be part of this community with you. And, and hopefully, um, Trevor doesn't like mashed potatoes. You can have his mashed potatoes. That's yeah. a that's a my body tells you that's a <laughs> filthy lie. <laughs> <laughs> I am for sure a mashed potato guy. I prefer regular stuffing, so you can have part of my cornbread stuffing. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, we're going to share our lunch I mean, with you. The, the lunch the, being leftover Thanksgiving dinner. Yeah, which is pretty <laughs> old by now. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. several, several We're happy like to share as much of that as you want. We just got to clean out the fridge. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, I mean true, very, very well and truly, we we wish to be a part of this community. We yeah. want you to be a part of our vision. Um, and but, as but we authors also and writers, like, we're thinking about these things too. We're not yeah. just a publisher thinking, how am I going to make so much money? I mean, I am interested in making a lot of money, but... I'm also thinking about how to celebrate the author's voices because I'm an author yeah. first and foremost, and that's what right. I want to do. Mm-hmm. And if, yeah, and, and, and I want to change the entire. I want to fuck it. I want to change the industry. I want to force every other publishing house to think like we're thinking. At, at least the small presses, uh, you know. At least I, even I, the it big would be presses. Great for us you to get like, to the huge, you know the big, cultural capital to be able to do that. Like the but, big presses need to more than anybody. Like yeah. they but they can now, afford to pay these these things better yeah. than we can. For now, right. though, I I think. You know, coming back to like what, this talk about like where <laughs> where are what are our areas of growth for for the future? You know, as we think as a, a publisher, as we think as a podcast, you know, one of the things that we really wanted to do is is to you know note areas of growth. Author compensation is an area of growth for us, so we want to think about what are what are some creative options for us. To, to be a part of this author community and say we value authors, we value authors' voices, we, we value the labor that you put in, and we wish to find a more equitable way of sharing with you, you know, the, the profit of your work. Yeah. Right. Um, and, I, and, and but that's a conversation. It, it is going to be it's like an it is an area of growth. We, yep. we are not there yet. We hope to be there soon, but we also know that that we only get there so long as people are are willing to come in with us and build this together, right? right. To to create this this project, and oh. I, and I I I am very hopeful from the the individuals that we interacted with, especially with this this anthology. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I am hopeful that that we will get there. You yeah. know, and I think that that soon Honestly, will seen- be the day when we're we are able to outshine. You know, professional rates, and and we can really, you know, kind and of roll honestly, out the seeing red our growth, and and I know I I didn't want to overstate our growth, obviously, over the past, but we've really only we haven't been in business even a year, and mm-hmm. we've seen some very, um, very obvious I, very growth, hopeful trends, very right? hopeful trends, and yeah. and I'm very optimistic going into 2022, especially as, as another area of growth for me, I see that we streamline some of these ideas. Like when we do these calls for submissions, we can streamline some of our practices to maybe mm-hmm. not let it feel so hectic. Yeah. And, and same thing, streamline like our, our 
our production schedule for the podcast so right. that it doesn't feel so erratic and and some other stuff you know like increase our our professional presence in in a lot of communities you know we've I'm we've going to be at StokerCon trying to correspond a lot more in social media I'm going to be at StokerCon by myself which means no filter to keep me from telling as many bad puns <laughs> and throwing my coworkers under the bus because they can't aren't there no, to defend so, themselves I mean StokerCon was a big deal We're, we are also trying to um you know, find ways to be more active in like the horror writers association. Yeah. Um, you know, kind of join some more of these genre associations. Be be really proactive about champion championing a lot of our authors and collaborators in um, you know genre circles or or literary uh, award circles. You know, mm-hmm. like like we really are trying to find new ways to. You know, kind of be champions of uh, for our our collaborators and to be more a part of the community that they you know interact in. Mm-hmm. I know one of the first conversations we ever had, we were talking about doing this kind of anthology idea, and I think the idea of especially like Trevor and and some other people I was mentioning this to were um, were asking about like, oh, so you're going to do a lit magazine, and I'm like. No, I don't want to do because lit magazines are like monthly or or bi monthly or no, something. I think I annually. don't want yeah, and and I like I was like I don't want that. I want I want quality over quantity. So mm-hmm. I would rather do one anthology a year that has the strongest stories in it than do a lit mag with potentially some lower quality stories. And I have you know I am a frequent anthology reader. I'm, yeah. I'm the kind of guy who just like I I voraciously consume as much as I can. And uh, I honestly think that this anthology, t- really Tales of Slay House 2021, uh, <laughs> let's not talk about that. <laughs> um, Tales of Slay House 2021 is a just a fantastic anthology. There are some stories in there that I, I truly believe are some of the coolest stories I've read mm-hmm. this year. Um, and I, I'm and there are very some that are going to really, it's, it's going to earn its, there its are, horror there, badge. There are a couple. That better. I think are really gonna go the distance. They yeah. they are some real bang for your buck. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, so so you know those are some areas of growth for us as a publisher. What were some of our top moments of the year? Just personally, top moments. Curtis, of Curtis, why don't you d- chime in on this? Oh, top moments of the year. Oh, you know the fir- <laughs> the first thing we did was uh, old, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, that was just hilarious. That kind of like. <laughs> That stood out in my mind because I, I could tell how this what the vibe was going to be from that point, and so yeah. I got from right then I got really excited. I thought it was just so funny hearing you guys rip on that dude, uh, <laughs> uh, Shemalon. Yeah, Shemalamalon. Shemalamalamalamalamalamalamalamalamalamalamalamalamalamalamalamalamalamalamalamalamalamalamalamalamalamalamalamalamalamalamalamalamalamalamalamalamalamalamalamalamalamalamalamalamalamalamalamalamal
Star Wars update 1995. I really me. enjoyed that. I that was really I, fun. I've listened to that. I've re I was there to record that episode and I've re-listened <laughs> to it like 12 yeah, times. It was, I, it was really funny. I had such a blast putting that together. And and as I look back on the year, I don't know, I've there have been some real moments for me, uh not just in the podcast, but but I think that has brought a lot of joy to my existence. Um <laughs> 2021 for me was like the year of the burnout. Um, I am just, yeah. I am just so exhausted. You know, I've yeah. been working two jobs for, for I don't know as long as I can remember. Really, mm-hmm. um, you know, even in grad school, I was holding down two jobs, and and now that I'm, I'm here, I'm still working two jobs. You know, I I work my eight to five, and then I've got a, another side gig, and this was like the third side gig, and then <laughs> editing the book was a fourth side gig. So you've yeah, had more than two jobs. It, it's just been so much labor, and a yeah. year of very being very labor-intensive. Mm. But as we moved into kind of finding our voice for the podcast, I found that doing this was much more reinvigorating to me. And then, you know... Doing the anthology, like a- actually editing that anthology and and working with different authors to kind of. I think of, that was yours and Karen's both your your first times working on or on an anthology like anthology. this. Yeah, I did um, some in grad school, but and, and I'm no stranger to helping people edit work. You know, I've been doing that for the last decade. One might um, argue that's all we do as English instructors. Almost all we do. <laughs> Uh, but no, I, I found that that again, it was kind of a source of joy for me, and and even though sometimes it was kind of laborious, it it was really fulfilling work, and yeah. and seeing seeing the end product, you know, at the end of of several revisions in some case, yeah, um, was it really amazing because it you know it's like the work really transforms and and comes into its own, and and I think all of that for me was the highlight of the year, just like finding working through that burnout and finding something to keep working for in a time that I really just did not want to put in more labor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So your next question, Trevor on here of honor, Trevor did our outline for today. Um, I tried my hardest. He did. He did was, this is a very, I don't know. Introspective. It's a very, very introspective, introspective question. question. So go ahead and Ooh. ask the question, and I will answer, and yeah. then you all. You uh, so all I mean, in. what did we learn about ourselves in this year through this process? That I'm good enough, and I'm smart enough, and gosh darn it, people like me. <laughs> gosh darn it, that is true. <laughs> no, they don't. Our producer looks at me and goes, "No, they don't. No, they don't. No, they, don't. <laughs> they tolerate you at best. <laughs> you're you're an amusement." In small doses, you're an amusement. But you've already worn thin today, so we're kicking you out of the podcast for the rest of the episode. I'm under arrest, people. I'm under house arrest, so i got to shut up now. Yeah, he's Go got ahead, a really guys. messy situation. Yeah, he's monocled and bound. <laughs> if, you, if you hear the sirens outside, that's the cops showing up. He's, Always. He's yeah. broken his house arrest. <laughs> Always with this guy. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I no, Jeremy. Tell uh, us, like, what did you? I can speak really okay. learn about yourself through this process. I learned that I enjoyed this side of like this side of business more than I thought I would. I I knew I wanted to to get into the publishing because I liked words and I liked the art, um, and I liked the craft and I liked all of that. I didn't. 
I was, I was scared because I've never taken like a business course. I don't under, you know, my mind isn't oriented that way in like a business fashion, but I feel like, um, being handed the reins to this, this publishing house and being able to do this with yours and Karen's help, obviously, and Curtis and Les's help, obviously mm-hmm. for the podcast side of things. Um, I, I feel like I, I was so anxious about, is this something I could actually do and be successful at? And I feel like what I've learned about myself is that I potentially can. I mean, with the right people in your corner, and that's why I will never stop thanking everybody in this room and everybody who's helped, like, cause you guys have all been amazing. Um, I feel like with the right people in your corner, you can accomplish these sorts of things. So I'm really, really happy with the way the years turned out mm. and satisfied. How about you, Curtis? I agree with what Jeremy said, and, um, <laughs> and, and that's that's a way to glow on my argument there. My no, what, what I learned, what I learned is that um, <laughs> um, this is a a room full of people with uh, varied interests, and uh, just knowing the things that I know and the things I'm good at. I wouldn't have guessed that I would overlap with, um, you know, you guys. Yeah. Uh, mm. But that's that's been the coolest part is just seeing how uh, the overlap has happened and how natural it is. You know, um, I do music and and audio and all that stuff, and then you know, getting in with you guys, I've learned a lot of stuff. My vocabulary has expanded, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and it yeah, it's. That's been the coolest part is just seeing what kind of conversations come out of uh, people when they when they just get in a room and start talking. I, I think for me, you know, one of the things I, I really learned is uh, just understanding that, first off, you know, my personal limitations of, of, of what I can and, and cannot afford to sign up for. You know, I've, I've, I think this year, especially as I faced my burnout, I became much <laughs> more comfortable with telling people no. Um, <laughs> there it is. Yeah, and what an important life I, I skill. I think there is there is real value in that, right? And yeah. just being like, I I'm, hope this isn't yeah, Trevor. Not, giving, gonna, I'm just not going to do it. Yeah, I hope like this isn't real... Trevor giving me his resignation letter. Uh, no, <laughs> no, <laughs> like quite, quite the contrary. I think I think in in being able to say no to more things, um, I've also been able to dedicate more thing, you know, more time, more of myself to the things that I genuinely love, and. and I've found a lot more energy and a lot more passion in in that avenue, you know. Mm-hmm. Um this year I read more stuff than I've ever read in any other year. And that I don't think that's just, just a Star pan- Wars uh, it was just pandemic. Star Wars. <laughs> Sadly, it was mostly Star Wars stuff. No, I actually did read some really really good stuff that wasn't yeah. Star Wars. I did read a whole fuck ton of Star Wars, but um no, You read this other series called Planet Battles? Totally different. Planet, uh, yeah, totally, t- totally different. <laughs> <laughs> it's got a, a different cast. It's yeah. got uh, Buchaka uh, and, and uh, Buchaka. Uh, Sh- Sean Hollow. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and and Mike Cloudhopper. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> who can forget Mike Cloudhopper? Cloudhopper. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, what? <laughs> Next year, uh, he's going to read Galaxy Scrimmages. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, what's, what, what really is kind of sad and pathetic was that as I got through more and more Star Wars stuff, I was like, I wonder if there's a Star Trek uh, literary universe. Uh, and there is. And, and I did. I found out that there's like 800 <laughs> fucking Star Trek books, too. You better get hopping, bud. Um, oh, man. Not going to do Star it. Trek, not gonna Star Trek. Not going to do it. Star Trek 1975 isn't going to happen but that by was, itself. You know, th- therein is another lesson. I'm, I'm just going to throw that out. Like, 
as much as I thought that you know I was doing the Star Wars thing kind of ironically, like it it unironically turned into a much greater passion for me than I thought it would. I found so much more joy in the things that I thought I would. Uh, you know that I had just dismissed because I didn't think it was something that I would have enjoyed at all. Right. And and I think that you know Star Wars Update 1995 is the result of me finding so much more joy in something I felt I felt was just going to be you know like a waste of time. That came, in in the episode that came across uh, I think to me and to the yeah. listener like because I didn't I was like man. I'm going to be sitting there not saying much the whole time. Yeah. Uh, no. I don't but, know what this dude's going to be talking about. And, I, <laughs> and then it turned out to be like just this fun. It was so uh, much fun. And and I can't wait for the next one. You know, I can't yeah. wait to keep doing this because I, I think that for me, it really was just a very enjoyable it, for time. It, I don't know anybody that's really into Star Wars personally. And uh, so for them to listen to that whole thing yeah. without any interest in Star Wars, that really that yeah. said something to me. I was like, wow, that's that was really good. <laughs> yeah. I feel like... Um, it, so my brother, when he was dating his his wife, um, she kept noticing that he had like Star Wars stuff all over the place, and she was <laughs> like, um, "Like you're really into Star Wars, are you? Aren't you?" And he was like, "No, I wouldn't really say I'm very into Star Wars." <laughs> and she's like, "But you're wearing stormtrooper socks, and and I see stormtroopers over there, and you've got a Darth Vader, you know, bust, and you've got like these posters of of." the old Star Wars movies and he's like, you know what? Maybe I am a bigger fan than I thought Maybe I was. I am. And I think that's that's what's happened with me. You know, I've been like, I don't I'm not really a, that into Star Wars. And then I look at all of the Star Wars it shit just that I infiltrates have. your life and then it one does. day you look around your bedroom <laughs> and you're like, and you realize oh, that you're running the same a thing happened with Spider Man with me. You know, I was I, I was like, I don't know, Spider Man's kinda okay. And then I really thought of how much of my life I've invested in Spider Man. <laughs> and then I'm just like, wow. Like I really huh. am lowballing myself on that spider-man stuff i mean you could have gone on that caribbean vacation (laughs) (laughs) but for all the merchandise yeah yeah no probably they do a spider-man cruise yeah spider-man cruise could take a spider-man cruise if there was a spot i've i've been entering myself in a sweepstakes to go on the star wars galaxy cruise like it's intense i'm not gonna win it but what does that ship look like I don't. I don't know. Do they deck it out with? Uh, they, they've got. They've X-Men, got. X-Men listen, fighters? they've got cosplay actors God, in there, dressed as like Twi'leks and shit. And I'm like, I'm, I'm fucking there. Like, <laughs> you don't have to. You know, you, you tell me like, hey, there's, there's like a Star Wars getaway. I'm like, fucking, I'll go. A Star Wars getaway. <laughs> I'll do it. Both of those things are perfect sound. I really hope they just pipe jizz through the speakers <laughs> <laughs> right into your ears yeah that's right i'll i'll be there uh, for anybody who missed the star wars episode yeah. go back and listen to that episode yeah. it's gold so what are some personal goals for 2022 i mean as we we close out i don't want to i don't want to say like a new year's resolution or something like that because i think those are cheap and they're 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 just kind of stupid, but like, <laughs> but like personal, really no, cool. pers- pers- personal goals. I, I think reframing instead of like a resolution, like I'm going to do this thing consistent, consistently. It's it's more like, what do you hope to accomplish in the next year? You know, as we look forward into 2022, what are some some personal goals, and then maybe some like professional goals that that you hope to accomplish? A push up, a push up. Yeah. That's a good goal. With the correct form, you know. With the proper form, yeah. Proper form push. You know what? Yeah. That's harder to do. It really when, is. When you're 
when you look like us, it's <laughs> harder to do than you think. For 2025, I, I plan to be able to do a pull-up by then. There so, you go. I'm starting <laughs> with a push-up. Five-year plan, your five-year <laughs> five mission. <laughs> um, uh, I don't know. To get through this this Dracula series, I think, in January is probably the first. Because um, mm. it's it's a really, I, I think, so like the audience is like, doesn't they don't realize that the guys in here with me, they don't know all of the research that I've done. I've hinted at the books that I've been reading to do this series correctly, but... They don't know all of the research that I've done to present this series, and they're going to see it um, in time of recording, probably next week. I know the the amount of research. Like I've done. you know, yeah, yeah. But so I feel like it's a pretty it's a it's a pretty large task um, to try and tackle, and I'm really really excited about it. But I just I want it to be a good quality product. I feel like the the Dracula series is really your Star Wars update, nineteen ninety. I think it's yeah. going to be. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, four very long episodes. Not very long. I don't think they're very long. I th- I think they're fun. They'll be yeah. The one that we've already recorded, I I had a blast with. Yeah. And then I'm really looking forward with my to Wikipedia style. Yeah, <laughs> style <laughs> scripting. Thank God the scripts have changed. <laughs> <laughs> um, so so that and and like I said, streamlining the publishing house day to day stuff so that we have a better system to mm-hmm. to manage like these submissions and these ideas because I think we're just going to keep growing and growing yeah. and I, I want us to, but I also want us to do it responsibly so that we can control it and we don't get overwhelmed and then it crushes us and yeah. because that could be a very real possibility like and I, I don't want that to happen to any of us yeah so. yeah i i I think. Definitely looking forward to that submission process. I know you're also looking forward to StokerCon. I, mean, I am. That's a really, a really big accomplishment that we've been talking about. You know, kind of planning for how are we going to do StokerCon. The plan right now is for my wife and my dog to go yeah. with us. And, I really or to wish, go with me. And I really wish I could go. Unfortunately, I have some professional obligations I have to attend to. That's the only reason I'm not going to be there. I'm there in spirit, though. I know you are, man. I know you are. I would love. I would like if if Curtis and his family were able to go. I know Les is going to be out of the country then, um, but if Curtis was able to go, I would love to do that. I'd love to figure out a way, maybe even if Curtis couldn't, that we could set up like a um, a kind of remote podcast kind of thing and do like a live from StokerCon kind of podcast episode. I think that'd be really cool. You could put me on an iPad and I'll zoom, and then you could stick yeah. the iPad to a robot. Yes, yes. I will yes. control the robot from here. There you go. With, yeah, nice Love virtual it. presence. Yeah, a, we we just solved a real problem. There. I just ripped off South Park. Yeah, by the way. <laughs> and Big Bang Theory too. Big Bang Theory. And yeah. Big Bang Theory. Yeah. <laughs> How about you, Curtis? What What are you looking forward to? Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to, uh, you know, expanding the capabilities of this studio, and um, mm. and I, I really look forward to. Incorporating more of that into what you guys are doing. Um, it's awesome. But yeah. I think my personal goals, you know, um, doing this anthology was, was really a, a lot of fun for me. And I think it also <laughs> animated me a lot more to write my own fiction uh, because I, I realized I do have a lot of ideas that I've been kicking around for a long time, but not had really a lot of confidence in, in testing out, you know. Um, I kind of set a, a, an arbitrary goal, but I wanted to get two uh, pieces of fiction published before. You know, I, I've published some nonfiction in the past. I've I've been a part of um, some different literary projects, but I've never really done kind of my own thing and and really let my own voice out there. And so, part of of 
the process of doing this anthology really gave me a lot more confidence because I saw that, you know, a lot of people made those submissions and uh, not to say that, you know, I believe my work could be better or something like that. It was just like, I, I, I see now that I think there is a process right. out mm-hmm. there and, and that I shouldn't be afraid of this process because it is a lot more accommodating maybe than, than I thought it was. Right. Right. And, um, yeah, so you know, my hope is is to publish more of, of my own fiction. You know, something that that I've shied away from doing. Um, and I also just you know for for twenty twenty two, I want to seek out more of that joy that I felt, especially at the end of this year. You know, finding that balance between um, the the professional labor that I have to do, but but also finding the things that animate me and. And can kind of rejuvenate my interests in right. in being a person and in being a part of a community. You know, I I found that those things really do give me a whole lot more joy, uh, and I need to be dedicating more of myself and more time to finding the joy than than just you know working through the labor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you, coming off of this old world of these mega publishers and this huge industry that, right. like you said, eats your lunch at every single opportunity right. they waste no time taking yeah. everything from you yeah um, it's it now is a time where you know it's going to be hard to relax into yeah. into your because the, the reason it was so stressful before is because of those guys and right. and, and the stakes are so high mm-hmm. and and yeah. it's so much work for such little return that that type of stress is not good yeah. for artists and i feel like we're coming into an era where artists can really just focus on what it is they want to do yeah. yeah, and then and just put their heart into that, and then you know we'll get it we'll get it published. Well, yeah, you know, there are I, ways to manage those types of things now without having to sell it all, give it all away. You know. Yeah. Well, and I think God. as a, a publishing house, you know, I I don't want to speak for all of Slay House, but I do think you know one of our our professional missions, especially for 2022, um, is is just to to collaborate with people and and to basically you know. Be the kind of people who, who are invested in your success. Yeah, you, you know, like find you can speak the for people. All of House for that. That's yeah, fine. find the people who are going to advocate you. for you, but but <laughs> also to be the people who advocate. Right. Yeah. Right. To to uh, collaborate and and advocate. You know, that is a, a really big thing for me. Is is you know I in the the field that I work in, rather unfortunately, I don't run into a whole lot of people who are willing to advocate. Yeah. And uh, and and so if I want to solve that problem, I have to be part of that solution. It's the competition, yeah. right? It's, yeah, it's, it's the yeah. Yeah, and, and what there, is it keeping? Just, what is it that keeps people from? There's just to do a that? lot of, um, especially in in my field. I, I just feel like there's a lot of people who are only really invested in finding their personal path to success, and right. not necessarily in in how do I advocate for you? How do I grow? You, you, you know, let's, be, with let's you. be clear about that because I too, I mean, it, professionally, self professionally speaking, not outside of Slay House, I want to um, continue writing and I want to find my own publishing and I want to, you know, see my stuff published and I want to, I want to advocate for my own success. But that's, it's not an either or thing. You can totally yeah. be out to better yourself and still take that time to help other people. And so right. that's what, yeah. that's what we want Slay House to do yeah. is to, to be an advocate for those other people while we're re- realizing our own goals too. Yeah, absolutely. So, so I think, you know, that is is definitely a professional goal. You know, yep. find the people who are going to advocate you, but yeah. but but also be the advocates 
that you right. would like to encounter for for your own project? There's been a lot of crummy things that have come from the you know the social media era that we're living in, but one of the good things is that it does make that easier. It makes makes it easier to find your group. I don't know. We're we're getting more connected, uh, way way more connected every day, and it's just going to get over the next year or two. It's the connectivity between artists, producers, creators, it's going to be really intense. Yeah. You know, we got to give up the idea though that it's it's me and my ideas and I'm going to make it, you know. It's time for us to start <laughs> kind of getting together on things. Yeah. Uh, Cuz projects are better when there are teams involved, you know. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. You know, there's no there's no big production that came out of uh that you saw in a movie theater that wasn't a team of hundreds, right. maybe right. even thousands yeah. of people. Uh, yeah, yeah. I would argue the same thing even with, within the, the confines of publishing, like a book. I mean, writing is a solitary business, but publishing is a community effort. And Yeah. Well, right. yeah. It's kind of like Karen said in, in her episode, you know, like it, you need to have the hand counter, right? Yeah. Yeah. Agree. <laughs> well, well, that's... That's, I, that's the end of the episode, That's right? the end of the episode, guys. That's, uh, that's the year that's in review. year in review. <laughs> We're going to keep saying it like that to try and... We to, really need to cloudy. enunciate. We're gonna, we're gonna, it's the year in review, and we're gonna keep saying it like that to piss you off. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> See, we got to end. We've been so serious the past no. few minutes. I've got to tell a pun, even if it's bad, just to get that reaction. Find a better pun. Yeah, no, no so pee jokes. We man. need some setups for sure. <laughs> All right. Listen, if you're at home listening to us still this, this deep into the episode, if we haven't episode, turned you off yet, if you haven't turned us off yet, yeah, I hope that you have a chance to reflect on your 2021 share with us some of the highlights of your year we're on twitter at Slayhouse. we're also Slayhouse litbit on twitter you can uh, also reach out to us at editor at slayhouse.com if you would like to send us any fan mail we haven't done uh, a fan mail read in a little bit of time but we'd love to hear from you and also just you know take a moment to appreciate the people in your life uh, that that helped you get through 2021, uh, and uh, and take a moment to look forward to 2022. I think it's going to be a great year. Yep, Ye- I agree. 